Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Mr. Jerry Springer. Thank you! So we bow our heads. The Yanks are playing the fourth game. Oh, for the love of God. They have to win tonight or my life's over. Okay. Well, it's been a long one, so we're... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Ahead, Speaking of that... He's had a good run, had he? He's had yeah. a good run. <laughs> well, uh, right on point. So I... I went on one of your, what do you call those, commercial planes to get here? Yeah, one of those commercial planes. This yeah. is absolute truth, God's truth. I'm in line where you go through the security stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you got to take everything out of your pocket. Well, you all know that. So, yeah. I don't, but yeah, you guys do. Shocking. No. Just learning that. Jerry sold his plane or is selling his plane. So then I see the people in front of me and they start taking off their shoes. Oh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I start taking off the shoes, and the security guy, I swear to God, says, you don't have to do that. And I think, oh, he goes by shoes. And he, he knows my show. Isn't that nice? I don't have to do it. And he points to the sign. If you're 75, you don't have to take <laughs> off your shoes. I was going to say, it's not because your name is I swear to God. I said, what? Yeah. He says, oh, are you 75? Sir. Not for another four months. <laughs> Taking off Very my shoes. Funny. <laughs> Very funny. This is, and I'm telling you, the day I turn 75, I'm taking those suckers off. Yeah. There you go. I've got, well, <laughs> as you know, I'm 65, so I have 10 oh. years before I face that. But, hey, you know, uh, I have tried, Megan, you know this, I've tried my hardest to bring inspirational people mm-hmm. to Jerry's attention mm-hmm. to get him to do something remarkable. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a motif. Yeah. I've yeah. talked about it and talked yeah. about it. Yep. So I brought in over the phone, he was in, I think, Costa Rica at the time, Jerome Palette, riding really cool. a bike yep. from Canada yep. to the tip of Argentina. Yes. Great conversation with him on this podcast. You no impact on Jerry it. at all. None. <laughs> then I thought, well... Well, what did you want me to do? Walk to South America? Do something. Anything. Something. Not, not lying on... I took on, my shoes off. Yeah, right. <laughs> lying on a beach in the Bahamas is not remarkable. So then I brought in a second example, mm-hmm. and that was Harvey Lewis. We talked to him literally. He has a cell phone in his hand running on the Appalachian Trail. He came in in the top 10 speed-wise, days, number of days, of all the people who have ever traversed the 2,100 miles of the Appalachian Trail. Then I found the granddaddy of them all. What? Bryce Carlson, who rode and set the world record, beat the world record by two freaking weeks of rowing alone, no support team, crossed the Atlantic in a rowboat. Yes. And I begged Jerry after those three samples, do something remarkable. And I did. And what was that? Did I miss something? Yes. What did you do? (laughs) The very next week, I took a bath without a snorkel. Well, ain't that something? I left it out. You can. You know, ask you Mickey. have a lot of potential, and it has really just been thrown away. Hasn't yeah, you? really. I, I lowered myself in. No yeah. snorkel. I let go. Wow. And here you still sit. So, <laughs> Megan, I've See, had a long. I got life. a fourth one. I think this one what, will do it. Will inspire him because I think I missed something. 
I think I missed, I got uh, inspiration, and then I think the piece I was missing was the help part. Because I think for some of this, you think, well, I can't do that because I can't do it. Yeah. I'm not, it's like go dunk a basketball. Well, I can't, I'd like to, but I can't do it. Yeah. So I went on a trip. We've discussed it. You knew it. I put some stuff on Facebook. Yeah, they were great. Yosemite yeah. National yeah, Park. Yes. Cool. Oops, yeah. My passion throughout my life has been backpacking. Yes. So I went backpacking, and we went for, I don't know, 9, 10, 11 days, and we did three backpack trips into Yosemite National Park. It's an amazing place, sacred ground. On one of those trips, and Yosemite National Park has this huge valley called the Yosemite Valley. Yes. Then it has the higher country north and somewhat east yeah. called the High Sierras. Amazing. And it's got some other stuff. So the first trip we were on, I guess, will be the south side of the valley in near an area called Taft Point, if you ever go there. We camped on the edge of a cliff. Yes. Unbelievable campsite. Yep. And when night fell... I said to Dr. Larry Gray, the guy that was on this trip with me, I said, that wall, El Capitan, do you know what that is? No. It's a, that <laughs> was good. That <laughs> was pretty emphatic. No. 3,000 foot vertical granite face. Wow. Where climbers all day and all night, probably 365 days of the year, drive into that valley get their gear, walk over to that cliff, and they climb. They're, they are elite climbers, so no, no normal person could do it. They are elite climbers. So they're up there. When they first started doing it, it would take about a week to do. And then, therefore, at night, they're all camped on this rock. That's so cool. Unbelievable. Yeah. And up there, because we talked to some climbers who would point, and they would say, look, you can see some ledges up there. And I carry a monocular, a little lightweight yeah. thing, one half of a binocular. And you could see these rock faces, and they might be, they were big enough to walk around on, and a bunch of people would camp at night on those rock faces, but others carry... I walk in my sleep. I'm not doing it. Telling you. Some people carry these things called portal ledges, and they, they have an equipment bag on a rope as they're climbing, and they're all anchored in, typically. Not all, but they're typically anchored in with pitons and all this crap. I'm not a climber, but I've heard about this. Jam it into these crevasses. They yeah. lock in and then rope off, and they're protected. At night, they put these ledges that they open up, unfold, have like a trampoline thing, mm -hmm. and then they sit and lie down on those, and they those can put Insta a tent yeah. over I've it. Seen that on the internet? That's cool. Unbelievable. On the side really of cool. a on the yeah. side of it is literally yeah. vertical. So we looked and we saw them all these lights pop out all over this rock face. It was really kind of very yeah. cool, almost a little emotional, like Jesus. And we were on solid ground on a cliff, and it was like right there, up and down. So a week How later... How do I fit into this story? I'm wondering check it the out. same thing. I'll, check this I'll, out. I'll check it a out week later, yeah. A week later, we did a, another backpack trip in that came in from the other side of the valley behind the rock face and it's like an eight mile trail and if you go from the trailhead you'll end up at the top of El Cap yeah so we camped some miles in and we were camped out and we could see the trail and we heard this commotion that was unnatural and I ran down to the trail and I saw I'm thinking about 12 people 
moving really fast, backpacks on, one person had on, on it was men and women, I think it was a guy on his back, a wilderness first responder stretcher. We're coming to you, Jerry, had a stretcher. <laughs> On his with, with backpack straps. How soon can I do this? Behind that person was somebody carrying a, a tire, a little tire designed for the stretcher mm -hmm. that had framing that attached to the middle of the stretcher. So if this was a stretcher, it would be in a, for Facebook Live. The wheel would be right here. And then people gather around it like pallbearers, mm -hmm. and they roll it. And with that soft, fat, little tire, it goes over rocks and roots and whatever it may be in the uneven trail. So I said to these people, and they wouldn't stop, I said, this who are you guys? A joke. If this is a, <laughs> this is a joke, joke. No, I'm going to kill, kill them too. No, this has a payoff for you, my friend. Oh, yeah. So I said, who are you guys? And they said they wouldn't stop. And the first person said something in a language that I didn't understand, I should have, because it ended up being Italian. And somebody behind them said, uh, they're an Italian team, and we are Yosemite National Park Mountain Rescue. We are in a support role helping them bring back from a successful climbing of the 3,000-foot wall, she did it over a period of days, paraplegic woman from Italy. That's I saw that photo on your on Facebook. That's really And they were cool. bringing her back That's because so cool. it was raining off and on, yeah. and they normally go down in a series of rappels mm -hmm. yeah. with ropes, and they, and they do, don't do that on the face because there's people coming up, but they do it off the side, and there's a series yeah. of step-downs and rappels, and they said because of the weather, we're bringing her back on a stretcher. So I said, we'll be back here. We're, we were going to day hike around, about six hours later, we're going to be there when they come with her. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, six hours later, we hear some more commotion. We run down, and going down, they were all business, and they were booking. You can hike two and a half miles an hour. Mm -hmm. They were probably going four. They weren't right. running, but they were yeah. booking. It was at a clip, yeah. When they came back, they were all laughing, and they were some hikers in back, and they'd call for a switch out, and somebody would step in because you get tired because they had to roll her. Mm -hmm. And... They stopped at this footbridge to cross this stream, and I said, what's the deal? And the English-speaking person said, that's the head of the Italian team, pointed to a woman. This woman with a blue backpack is the head of the American team. So I went to both of them. I took out my wallet with Jerry Springer podcast business cards, and I gave one to each. The climber was prone in a red sleeping bag up to her neck, had like a ski hat on, yeah. and she just gave me this big grin, and cause she th probably thought I was a journalist or something, yeah. and because I asked, can I video? Yeah. Gave me a thumbs up, so it's obviously her legs that were impaired. Mm -hmm. So I asked the head of the Italian team, the head of the American team, we want to talk to her. Yeah. Not today. Mm. That would be amazing. I want to connect and over the phone yeah. talk about how she did this. I did some research. She wasn't the yeah. first paraplegic yeah. to do it. But then, you know how it is with me. I get visions. Oh, I get great know. ideas. I get what are called big ideas. You get ideas. This is I where get it goes like big down. ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is where yeah. it's... This has been really I nice. I got this big idea. <laughs> this is where Megan, this is Megan, I got going. this big idea. Oh, let's hear yeah. it, Mr. Galvin. <laughs> There's something in it for all of us. <laughs> yeah. But he's got to get the checkbook out, yeah. well, as usual. <laughs> or um, any of your dreams. Here's the thing. You're going to rent a car. Oh, now, <laughs> wait a minute. 
do and like that. And then we idea. have to put him on a stretcher yeah. and pull him Here's across. Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> I want to talk to the woman paraplegic climber yes. because it would be interesting. I really want to talk because the Italian team leader said she climbed with a partner. Mm -hmm. So they were a two-person team. Yes. I'll assume that the partner was the lead climber yeah. and would put in protection and she would climb up and that person removes it and they keep going higher. It's that lead climber that I propose with the help of your finances. We pay him or her, don't know which it is, to drag your ass up El Capitan. <laughs> that's the piece I was missing, Megan. That's the piece I was missing. You know what I'm saying? Like you're dragging an animal up the hill or something. Good I God. Would, I wanted him to ride a bike to Argentina. He's going to ride some bike to Argentina. No. But somebody would drag his See, sorry I butt up that I want you to put in perspective. He opened this podcast complaining about commercial air flight. Yeah. I don't <laughs> see him yeah. doing anything <laughs> that has Why? any kind it's of... It's a fair point. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't think of that. But look, if this guy helped... No, the a whole woman who has stupid. no use of her legs. Well, no, it's not stupid what she did. It's stupid to think that I would do that. He can't do that. that. You could, but you could do it because I think what they do, she used these ratchet things, I believe. I, that's why I want to talk to her. I, there's no, been no publicity of this. I mean, I saw it with my own eyes, and Dr. Gray was there with me. He requires, I call him Dr. Gray, even backpacking. So I, I, that PhD was hard to get. Give me some respect. Dr. Larry Gray. So, okay. So Dr. Gray and I saw it with our eyes. This woman did it. Yeah, she's... Yeah. I want to be wearing, <laughs> be wearing a mic so you can hear the splat. <laughs> when he hits the ground. <laughs> All right, well, let me close on this because some, some people are Take interested. Take care of yourself, Hairline's Jerry Springer. Out. That's how I'm going out. <laughs> Let me close on this for, yeah, the, people, for the people who appreciate uh, El Capitan, because yeah. I'm not a climber. I'm, I'm in awe of all this. Last summer, two people, they're now getting into what's called speed climbing. Climbers told us in the valley whom we, with whom we spoke said that, oh, when they started this, they, people took weeks to get up that rock face and camped on the side, hauled food up in their equipment bag. Then, last summer, and maybe before then, they started the speed climbing thing. So last summer, two climbers climbed over 3,000 feet, not in a week or two, but in one hour and 58 Shut minutes. Up. Wow. They know exactly where the routes That's are. Incredible. And they just go, boom, boom, boom. They know where all the yeah. handholds are. Then uh, two people did that, and the one guy thought he was protected, tied in, and the one guy fell and screamed horrifically, and the other guy yelled the stereotypical OF, yeah. and it wasn't tied in, and they both died. They fell off the face. This was last year? It's just this past season, wow. this summer. Now, final point, I can't wait to see it. It has no tragedy in it, but a guy who is considered to be the best rock climber in the world. Again, I don't do this stuff. I admire the hell out of it. He climbed it in four hours in the movie, National Geographic movie, in theaters now, is called Free Solo, which oh. means he climbed free of any ropes, 
and he climbed alone, and he had a team of videographers hanging all over the rock face as he was climbing, who shot, apparently, I've seen the trailers, yeah. unbelievable I can't imagine the strength of a stake. Footage. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And when you hear that he was on the Today Show this work, morning. I'd have to work out. And I'm not asking, <laughs> Megan, that he do that. Yeah. I am not I asking. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. I'm not stupid. <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> well, not for that. Yeah. Yeah. That is, well, anyway, that, that that sounds amazing, but I prefer a firing squad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if I'm going to go, search. I don't want, I mean, that's, that is but th that's a certain kind, and we've seen it with the other people we've talked to that have done these amazing physical uh, things, is that it takes a certain kind of person yeah, even think about doing it. And a confidence and a skill. I mean, they obviously. You can name all the presidents in order. So yeah. there you go. I'll do yeah. that. And I won't even be holding on to a rope when I There I'm you doing. go. Okay. <laughs> but what I do know, because my Except game when I get is. To Trump, I'll have it around my neck. <laughs> you know how when you swing two bats before you bat yes. in the major league, sometimes yes. three? Yes. I, this is all a trick because, no, you're not going to ride a bike to Argentina. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. But what you will do because you'll say, well, hell, yes, I can at least do that, is you will ride for one week in a rental car So here it is. It's the, the Gene country, Galvin wear you down tactic. Setting, <laughs> Bonnie told me about this. <laughs> setting the world record for the number of miles you can put on an unlimited rental. Yes, that is what this he is. will do. Listening Eating all this, meals at McDonald's. I think I'd rather climb a rather rock <laughs> than to ride with his sorry ass for right. a week for a week. in a car. Yeah. What are you laughing at? You're Choose going your to. What are you laughing at, Megan? Get, You're in the car. Get that Kia. And the, just <laughs> yeah, go. Getting that Kia Soul. Getting a Kia Soul. Let's go. Hey, Jerry. Yes. While we were not here, in the, because we, we're, you know, we, we'll double up on a Tuesday night and do a couple uh, recordings. So in the meantime, Brett Kavanaugh, became the ninth justice of the United States Supreme Court. Oh, he got it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of that? Ew. Well, um, obviously, you know, I'm upset, disappointed, et cetera, as, as many people are. Um, what I wanted to talk about with the reaction is that I'm thinking about all the discussions I've had in the last week or two about the whole hearings and then about the result and it seems like whomever you talk to, and I'm not talking about professional politicians, just regular people, the discussion immediately becomes kind of personal. And there's, there's almost no one in the middle. There's one half immediately, uh, and it's usually women, not all the time, but it, people side with... Um, with Christine, Christine Blasey Ford, and with her amazing testimony, totally authentic, and, uh, and what you get is, I understand what she's talking about, maybe I've had a similar type experience or whatever, but it's something that's always on a woman's mind, and, and so they, that group can't even fathom um, a Kavanaugh. And then there's other people that say, well, I think she was very believable, but there was no supporting evidence, and look at what's happening to him, that what about if we have, uh, if we have in this country 
that you can ruin a person's career and reputation and just basically destroy a life uh, simply by the accusation. And, and so therefore, we don't know what happened, but I, I do feel sorry for him and his family and what they're going through. Imagine if he didn't do it. This person is now destroyed because someone came and said this happened. And so then I start thinking and I said, well, obviously, whichever one of them is telling the truth, um, it's horrible what has happened to that person. If she's telling the truth, it's horrible. And if he's telling the truth that it didn't happen, or she's mistaken in who she thinks did it, whatever, then it is horrible what happened to him, even though I don't want him on the court because of his views. So it does seem unfair in this case to whichever one of them is telling the truth. So the rest of us are left with basically a guess as to what happened because obviously you know, we don't know either of these people really and we weren't there. So we're left to make some decisions. So now what if I were, and this would be a thing you can only dream about and I know how badly you all want it, but what if I were a U.S. Senator? How would I have voted? And to be fair, I would have voted against him anyway. And I and I'd have to be honest with that. I don't care if he's never done anything wrong in his life. His decisions, I mean personally, but his his decisions, his writings, um, I think they're very cruel to uh, minorities, to disadvantaged people. Uh, so I think he's horrible for the Supreme Court. And so just based on that, I would never vote for him, even if he was a Boy Scout his whole life. But that aside then, for the sake of discussion, I want to take his track record away. Let's say we had to make a decision here, and we wouldn't take into account what his right-wing views are and the danger that is to put that on the court. There is an issue which I think gets lost in this drama, which has turned into a circus, is that his very outrage, which was observed in his testimony when he came back the next day spitting and, you know, just screaming and uh, yelling at the senators in a sense, you know, just being totally rude, and he lost it. I mean, he had a hissy fit, is what people would say if that was a woman. It was, she was the most measured, in control. I mean, she should have been a judge. Um, and he was just like ranting. And yet, what is lost in this is that I don't think there's any need to figure out even what happened. Because I think by what we observe and what his defense is disqualifies him. You see, what his defense was, was I didn't do it and you're hurting my career. You're hurting my reputation. What have you done to my family? How could you all be doing this? And the reason this disqualifies him to be on the Supreme Court is because he should know this has nothing to do with him. We're talking about the highest court in the land. And in order for the court to have credibility, in order for people to have confidence in this highest of all institutions, 
We have to have a person where there is no cloud, even if he didn't bring the cloud. If he really cared about our justice system, if he really loved this country, he would put the appearance and integrity of the court ahead of his personal ambition. He's got to be able to step away and say, I really feel this has been very unfair, but America needs a court it can totally trust where there's no cloud, there's no question, and therefore, I hope they find another conservative that doesn't have a cloud. That's the patriotic thing, the right thing to do. Nixon, of all people, in 1960, in an incredibly tight election, he lost to John Kennedy. And there was a question the next day, because it was so close, within 100,000 votes or so, whether you know, the votes were fairly counted. Did Kennedy steal the election in Chicago, or did he steal it in Texas with Lyndon Johnson's help? In other words, there was that question. And Nixon decided, as much as this guy wanted to be president of the United States, not to challenge it. Because even Nixon saw the country and the institutions came before his personal ambition. In the year 2000, Gore and Bush, Gore had more votes. And there was a question about 36 votes or 35 votes in Florida. And it went on, you remember, for weeks at a time, counting the chads. At some point, Gore said, no more appeals. I take the decision of the court, and I give up my life's ambition to be president because it's more important that people have confidence in the presidency and we don't drag America through that. That is the appropriate response for people that seek the highest office in the land. That's what Kavanaugh doesn't understand. So the more he says how this is hurting him, even though on a human level it is totally understandable if he didn't do it, how it is hurting him and how he thinks this is unfair and how, kills, how this kills his ambition to sit on the Supreme Court. He's got to put the country first and the best thing he could have done is to withdraw his name. And now the best thing he can do is to resign is to say, I am pleased personally, obviously, that I was confirmed. But I got to tell you, there is a cloud. And we know there's a cloud. That's not debatable. 50% of the people, 50% of Americans, don't want him on the Supreme Court. That's a cloud. And the senators who voted for him, I mean, think about it. This guy was nominated by a president who didn't get the most votes. He was confirmed by a Senate that didn't get the most votes. That's right. The 50 senators, where did I write this? The 50 senators who voted to confirm him in the last election got 143 million votes. If you, if, if you count the votes that each of those 50 senators got, in their last election, it came to 143 million. The senators that voted against uh, Kavanaugh 
In the last election, they got 184 million, 41 million more votes, the senators who voted against him. So, wow, of course there's a cloud over this. A president we didn't vote for is confirmed by a Senate we didn't vote for. And there's this huge cloud of people who don't believe that he belongs there. He should resign. And I would even say there's probably a greater reason, unless we get some evidence from Mueller or whatever, there's probably a greater reason to impeach him than there is to impeach Trump. As crazy as Trump is, there are other ways to deal with it in another election. But Kavanaugh has 40 years ahead of him. So there is no election which gets rid of him. So maybe impeachment is the only thing. But he should do the honorable thing. He should step down. All right. Thank you, Jerry. All right. Coming to the stage with us this evening is Mr. Harold Hensley. Welcome, sir. And that is one for our viewers, for our listeners at home, you can't see him, but that is a heck of a beard. I like that beard. It costs a lot to maintain the Does it? Of it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, sir. Are you Cincinnati native? Um, actually, I'm uh, from Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, right, Ohio. Uh, right south of Dayton, Ohio in Germantown. Um, uh, been playing in a string band up there for about five or six years and um, called The Repeating Arms. And I just put out a solo record on uh, September 28th um, called uh, Midnight Savings Time. It's my first solo record ever, so it's nice. pretty exciting. Yeah. Very, very cool. And what are you going to share with us this evening? Does um, this is a song off the record. It's called uh, Build, Building a Boat. Building and, a uh, Boat. Yeah, it was kind of uh, something that I wrote. Uh, you know, uh, woke up on the wrong side of the bed, I guess, kind of like everyone does. And I'm like, if I could just build a boat to get out of here, that would be a great idea. So. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Go, go Harold Hensley, ladies and gentlemen. And thanks for having me, too, by the way. This is, I really love the show. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, I'm building a boat To float away from here On a river of tears It's been here for years Now I look back Despite my fear I'm building a boat And I'm leaving Upon a time, I had it all, even warm sunshine. But the river turned, led me to this place. So I'm building a boat to make my escape. The good times have gone away from. But I'll push on towards another year, towards brighter days, although they ain't clear. I'm building a boat, and I'm leaving here. I'm building a boat to float away from here, on a river of tears, it's been here for years.
Now tell us where we can listen to some of your music. I love that um, voice. The, uh, the record just came out on uh, Magnaphone Records, an uh, yeah. independent label in Dayton, Ohio. Um, you can go to that website and find my page. It has all my uh, information, all my shows and stuff like that, and uh, downloads and where to buy uh, vinyl and CDs. And what was yeah. that uh, website again? Uh, MagnaphoneRecords.com. MagnaphoneRecords.com. Well, thank you very much. Wonderful. Yeah, that was oh, excellent. Man. We'd love for you to sing with Jerry. Yeah, you'll really want to get a boat now. <laughs> Go far, far away. Yeah. Uh, a little down by the riverside, on if you river, wouldn't mind yeah. taking us out on that. All that right. would be fantastical. <clears throat> Thank you again. Let's hear it for Harold Hensley, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Hey! <clears throat> Thanks for having me. Gonna lay down my heavy load Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website, jerryspringer.com. Ain't gonna study more.